It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 249 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare and SkyMint Cannabis. Memorial Healthcare's now Community Wellness Center is an incredible addition to our community. You still have time to join the 21 day health challenge all the way up to January 15th to sign up for that. Just a dollar initiation fee, $2 a day. Hey, that's less than 50 bucks out of your pocket for this challenge. Includes all kinds of benefits. Drop in child care available for $2 per child for two hours. And after you sign up, or after you try the 21 day challenge, you get a 75% off your sign up fee. Just a great deal. Memorial Healthcare, providing care for you since 1921. SkyMint Cannabis, they're Michigan's leader in the industry. Over 15 locations throughout the state of Michigan. Check out the new SkyMint Reserve if you're over 21. Go online at SkyMint.com, sign up for their rewards program. SkyMint, your one-stop shop for pain relief, help sleeping, or just chilling out. And use that coupon code at the Corona store. 3.20 for 20% off SkyMint products for new customers. Also want to thank our local partners. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Nelson House Funeral Homes, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. You know, fellas, we always try to start the podcast with a little catch-up. My goodness, we took a week off. How badly did we want to get on microphone and talk about what in the hell is going on in the sports world, huh? Yeah, it's always good to take a little a minute or a week in this case to recharge a little bit. You know, vacations are always good. Step away. I think one thing I feel like we've had some guests tell us that they're always not to pat ourselves on the back, but they've been impressed at how consistent we've been for almost 250 episodes every week. Like you've said before, Ted, you know, even with our full time work schedules, um, you know, families, kids, you know, whatever else we have going on. We always find a time to fit this thing in. 
but it is always nice to step away and you know kind of recharge i guess but man we, it's almost like we picked a bad week to do it because <laughs> there was so much going on so again good to step away you know like just kind of disconnect for a minute but man, we got a lot to kind of yeah. catch up on. well we'll we'll get into all the sports stuff for sure yeah. but i i did want to pose a question to you right out of the get-go here you know you came back to michigan you had a lot of great family time for a yeah. week however long you were up here after the after the christmas day holiday yeah. um every time you do it is it more and more like man even though we got great weather down in carolina yeah. i sure do like michigan i mean what, what are your thoughts on that today yeah uh, same as i've probably said before when we were sitting on your pontoon last summer <laughs> as we're sitting in memorials state of the art podcast studio last week or two weeks ago whatever yeah every time we're driving back from our trip to michigan you know we start saying how much closer are we to saying yeah it's time to move back Mm -hmm. same thing i always say it's the job situation if we yep. if we could find two ideal jobs which is it's possible it's not impossible then we'd be there in a heartbeat because it is cool i mean the podcast yeah it'd be awesome to do in-person podcasts every week or i know jared yeah. you're not local but you know as every other more, week right yeah. more in-person podcasts but the, yeah. the family stuff and friends you know getting to we had wesley's my, my son's first birthday party bunch of friends and family were there you know, that's not necessarily something we can do down here. Uh, we hung out with some friends on New Year's and, you know, we did the cross. So all the stuff we did we're you know, you just start having those conversations of like, while we like it down here in Charlotte in North Carolina, it's just not the same as home. You know, there's there's just something about home. And Jared, you know, you're, you're not in Corona anymore, but, you know, you're close enough that you can you can head back home. If you right. Want to or whatever. Yeah. Perfect distance, uh, yeah. as I would say. Um I'll just jump right into my catch up. It, it's it, it's kind of weird. Uh, it's depressing, but it is what it is, I guess. I, this Christmas, for whatever reason, I kind of came to the realization that uh, oh god, Christmas comes the Grinch. It isn't <laughs> what it used to be. You know, when I was a kid, I, I think I've kind of really, sort of, finally, kind of grown up into an adult. Uh, this year was the first year we did not open presents on Christmas Day. This was also the first year my brother, both my brothers were not there on Christmas Day. Hmm. Uh, and so it was just a little bit like I'm an adult now. And yeah. there was no, you know, getting ready for Santa. I already knew what my present was. A uh, nice new TV, which I can't wait to watch the Lions and Packers on later tonight. <laughs> um, but it just was, it just felt like the magic was gone. Yeah. Uh, and it was a depressing, depressing night. Still a great day. I mean, Christmas is still the best day of the year. But it's gone in the blink of an eye, and that was my maybe takeaway from this holiday season was I'm an adult now. It's it's time to grow up, and there's no more Santa Claus. There is well, that funny window, and Ted, you definitely remember where you have that transition. Jared, I, I don't know what your, your plans are with your relationship status and all that kind of stuff, but you go from, yeah, the magic of the kid and everyone's home and stuff, and then even like with your friends, a bunch of friends are away working and yeah. – you know, your, your brothers weren't even there, you know, so it is different. But then if you transition into if you do decide to have kids or whatever, and, you know, now Ted with grandkids, that's where like the Christmas magic does come back. But there is that weird window. Yeah. Maybe in your 20s, early yeah. 20s, where it is kind of like, yeah, you got a new TV. It's like, just can I get my presents and, you know, let's, well, let's just watch some NBA. TV, <laughs> the TV's too big. It doesn't fit in my car. So it's like for like a week, <laughs> I was just like sitting in the box at my parents' house. Still finally got it up here. So I couldn't even really enjoy it. It was just, it was just like staring at a box all day. It's there now, though. Yes, it's, 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 all, it's, all, it's all set, set up. up. Oh, yeah. 
Awesome. Awesome. Now you, you do talk about that window and I, I agree with what Matt's saying. You know, you go from being a young kid to being Jared's age and then you kind of segue that into, you know, you have a girlfriend now, Jared, but eventually you're going to become a married man. And then that'll, that'll bring Christmas to a different light. And then once, once there's kids involved, then it's all back to a hundred percent Christmas. So I was going to ask you a question though. You said Christmas is still your favorite holiday. Do you still feel that, or does Thanksgiving slide up no, the ladder? No, no, no. I, Christmas people, people who say that Christmas isn't their favorite holiday, are they like they just want to be contrarian? It, it doesn't make sense. It's the best day. How do you? How can you compete with giving away gifts and getting gifts? And you have the same, basically the same food spread as Thanksgiving usually. Um, you could see all your family. You watch NBA basketball all day. I mean, Thanksgiving is often awesome because of the Lions, but no, Christmas is still the best day. Uh, the only thing is the weather. Uh, you know, obviously maybe a 4th of July or something like that can maybe compete with it if you're a big like boat or cabin family, but I don't understand how people don't love Christmas as number one. Okay. It's, well, you, yeah. you kind of segued a little bit from your brothers not being around and, you know, your entire family wasn't there. So it was a little bit of a, a downer Christmas compared I, to others, but still high on the ladder. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's just like, I guess just my life is depressing. I, I, <laughs> I guess that's, that's what that means. I don't know. I mean, hey, join me, brother. I'm going to tell you that right now. Hey, I'll, I'll say this too. You work in an ind industry that um, you're lucky to have Christmas off right. because, you know, if the Pistons ever happen to play on or the Red Wings, you know, play on Christmas Day, you might end up having to work. I mean, I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I probably have probably about half the time I've been at ESPN. I've had Christmas off and then other ones, you know, you have to work because now there's a full slate of NBA, kind of like, you know, on Thanksgiving, there's all these NFL and a couple college football games on Thanksgiving. Someone has to work those and, and yeah. you work in the industry that if the Pistons are playing or, you know, whatever, right. you might have to work. So. Yeah, both, both the Red Wings and the Pistons were playing on Thanks or on Christmas or on New Year's Eve, excuse me. I don't know how I didn't get, I don't know how it was a miracle. I didn't get scheduled. I wish I would have been scheduled at this point. Would have got my mind off of that game. Yeah. Uh, it, it's good. It cracks me up working on holidays. There's one funny one. I remember real quick, quick. So, uh, so Thanksgiving day, like my first year out of college, I was working at Meyer electronics. And I remember I was super mad. I had to work on Thanksgiving. Like, do you really need people to, why are we even open on Thanksgiving? You really need me to come open in on Thanksgiving. So I get there and literally like I pull in, there's maybe like three cars in the parking lot. So I'm like snickering to myself as I walk in. Why in God's green earth am I even here right now? I remember doing like a 360 like Snapchat video, sent it to my friends. Why the heck am I even here? This place is dead. Oh, give it about two or three hours once everybody was done eating Thanksgiving dinner. It was the most packed I've ever seen a store. Uh, and everyone was coming to the electronics for like the Black Friday sales. So no, I shouldn't complain. I had it off. So it could always be worse. Yeah. Well, I think we all had a great holiday, especially Christmas. Uh, we would have had a happier New Year if we would have uh, maybe had a little bit better success New Year's Eve evening. Yeah. We'll talk about that coming up. But here in this uh, catch up pro catch up portion of the program, let's, let's talk a little bit here local sports. The prep spotlight presented by Capital Sports Fieldhouse, and I'll tell you a little bit about that right after this. Capital Sports Fieldhouse is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state-of-the-art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capitol Bowl J.C. Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch 
at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. Okay, I don't know, Matt, did you get a chance when you were in town at all to uh, check out the field house? I didn't. I, d- I drove by and, uh-huh. you know, could kind of see the the improvements. And there's actually a, quite a bit of construction and stuff going on downtown oh, yeah. Owasso. Yeah, you know, I is. know there were some um, some fires and stuff yeah, that Lulu's. happened or whatever, but it, it just seemed like there was a lot of construction and stuff going on downtown Owasso. But. Yeah, well, next time you're in town, uh, we'll we'll go in there and grab some lunch and, and give you the full tour because it's just a, a great facility. And they're yeah. the sponsor for this segment. Well, we'll start in high school boys basketball. I, we, I talked about it a, a couple weeks ago. New Lothrop six foot five senior guard Ty Coleman had another plus 40 point game. He put up 42 in a 66 45 win over Byron last Friday night. Right now, guys, you know, I'm a little bit closer to uh, what's going on in Shiawassee County basketball, but it's probably a two man race for Mr. Basketball here in Shiawassee County. Langsburg Xander Woodruff had 30 in the Wolfpack's 76 uh, 21 win over Lakeview, and he's averaging probably 28 a game. So that's a pretty, pretty well, tight contest. Why don't you create a Ted Fatel three-point podcast, Mr. Basketball of Shiawassee County that you award at the end of every basketball season? I'll tell you what, it doesn't have to be a Ted Fatel three-point <laughs> podcast. It can be a three-point podcast, Mr. Basketball. How's that? Yeah, cool. I don't need the glory. <laughs> that would be cool. I think we'll do it. How's that sound? Why not? Yeah. Mr. Um, basketball and Miss Basketball. What, have you had a chance yeah. to watch New Lothrop? What is there? Is it just like this guy is just a one-man James Harden show? Or or what is the what is the I deal? haven't had a chance to see him personally yet. We have a game coming up on our schedule. I think uh, New Lothrop and uh, Ovid Elsie, which should be a pretty good matchup. But, yeah, he's a 6'5 guard that can fill it up. He had uh, – I think he had another seven three-pointers in that game, man. And and Woodruff, I mean, he he tortured Corona, and he was the MVP of that – that Corona Shiawassee shootout. Uh, he's the real deal for Langsburg, and they're unbeaten at eight zero. So there's some good things going on in our in our county, especially between those two programs. That is cool uh, to see. Yeah. Now, not so good. Let me let me just jump right here and uh, jump into the press release. Owasso High School's varsity basketball program changed their coaching leadership on January fourth. When Coach Dave Williams resigned, the OHS Athletic Department moved quickly to stabilize the program. You know, I caught wind of it before they made the announcement who was going to take his place. And to me, um, the obvious choice was Dave Owens, the longtime coach of Owasso. And he was indeed named uh, the interim coach, at least for the rest of this year. Uh, you know, we're talking about the good programs that are having all kinds of success. Owasso has really been in a in a down mode the last four years or so. And you know, David Williams came in with with a pretty impressive resume, but uh, apparently the losing got to him, and uh, they made a change. You know, he he resigned, and uh, I, it, sad deal. I, I don't know if Jim Harbaugh can turn that pro- whoever does turn <laughs> that program around. I, I, it should be the coach of the year. <laughs> Whenever that does happen, I don't know. Might be might be next year. Might be five years. Might, you know, maybe Coach Owens will spin it around this year. I, but that is it's a hard program and. I don't know. I mean, coaching is just, it's a hard profession to get into and it's, it's hard to hard. It's definitely a lot harder when you're losing every game. And, you know, there, there's some areas that, you know, Owasso has had stretches where their basketball pro- program has been good. Obviously yeah. even like Corona has been up and down, you know, they're, they seem to be on the uptick right now. Um, so it's almost like, I, I don't know him personally. So this is, this is just my opinion or whatever my thoughts, but like, sometimes it's almost like, 
maybe you almost have to have that perspective coming into the job. Like you're, you're not right. walking into the best program in the state of Michigan. You know, you know, it's going to be a rebuild, you know, it's probably going to take a couple of years to kind of turn it around. Um, like Corona's coach right now, you know, it kind of, I know they, they weren't necessarily terrible, but it took them a couple of years to kind of turn things around. And it seemed like he stayed the course and kind of kept building that program. So I think the big thing like with programs like that is all of that, keep keeping, keeping at it, trying to keep your pro building your program. But then like, if the kids don't like you, and again, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the case. I'm just, you know, saying like, if you can keep the program together and, and, and at least if the kids can be having fun, enjoying playing with each other, enjoying playing for you, then that says something. Because even if you, you know, go eight and 12 and you're not a very good team, if you're having fun and the kids like you, then, you know, you can keep building the program. But if that's well, not the case, then it makes it a really tough time for, well, for the kids and what, the coaches. The Trojans right now would take an eight and 12 season and think right. that's a huge improvement, which well, it would yeah. be, you know, they're in a, they're in a tough spot right now. And just my viewpoint and, and Dave Owens has experience. He, he's going to at least communicate to the kids the rest of the season, work on fundamentals to try and improve things, work with the lower levels to make sure they're heading the right direction. But uh, you know, it, it starts with, they got to make the right hire. They got to get a guy that's dedicated to spend the time. You guys know how important it is to uh, when you're a youngster playing in the youth program, what they call it at Corona, little calves, mm -hmm. you know, and the head varsity basketball coach, he runs that program. Mm -hmm. He might not be there every minute of every game and practice, but he's the guy running the show. He's watching these young kids come up through the program. He's offering his input when he can. He has to hire the right youth coaches. He can't hire the next Bobby Knight trying to right. coach fifth graders. He's got to have them, you know, have the right attitude. And it doesn't happen overnight. It might not happen in a couple of years, but right. if you get the right person involved, they can turn a program around, but it takes time and effort for sure. Yeah. And it takes community buy-in too, yep. you know, like if, if the community isn't behind that hire in a small place like Owasso, Karana, you know, Durand, places like that, it's not going to work either. So that's why like, yeah, like you said, Dave Owens, the community likes him. So, you know, and he's that, a good guy. That's a good gap, Phil, but right. He's, they need to make the right hire after this. Exactly. You know, Jared, I know you laugh every time I bring it up when I, had an 0-17 basketball season. But, you know, to kind of set the stage on that, when I was a sophomore, there were two seniors that got suspended for drinking on a, a New York trip, you know, a class trip to New York. So they were they were suspended the rest of the year. So that opened up the door for me to get playing time, right? And also my buddy Chris McMillan to get playing time. But we did finish 0-17 that year. But our head coach, Roger Rathbun, was a longtime administrator at Corona. He was a really good guy, really good coach, but he kept us together and kept us together enough. Yeah. We played St. Louis the very last game of the year. They were the conference champions. We went to St. Louis and we ended up losing by two points on a, a last second shot by them. So, you know, we stuck stuck with it and we became quite a bit better junior and my senior year. Uh, but uh, that's the problem when you have a bad uh, when you have no success, no wins. Somehow that coach has to figure out to keep the team together, make it fun, Here's maybe the, light. I right. don't know. They don't make them like they used to, Ted. They, you're the golden generation. You're the greatest generation. I, <laughs> listen, I'm not. I'm not far removed from high school. Five years, right? Or six years at this point. I, I don't know if it was COVID. I don't know if it's it's the social media age. I don't know if it's the new like helicopter parent era. 
mm-hmm. there is no I feel like any coach uh like if you ask like it, it's just like there it's impossible to be a liked coach in this day and age the community is almost never behind you the parents most likely are in the stands you know complaining about your every move that you're making if their son's not playing they're not doing this kids just are a little bit less happy nowadays I think with social media and all that stuff it's just it's just a tough time to be a coach tough time to be a teacher administrator everything uh it's just it's just a weird world we're living in and you had fun because guess what at the end of the day it's just a sport Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like we maybe get too caught up in the wins or the losses. And like, if you're a program like Owasso, just be glad that these kids are doing something with their time other than, you know, screwing around and right. doing things they probably shouldn't be doing. So it's like, if they're, if they're judging a coach's success at Owasso off of the wins and losses, then they've already lost. Right. Yeah. Kind of to your point too, as you were saying that with the social media era and then thinking about what Ted was saying about building a program, I think, and you saying that's a, it's a different time. It's the whole like instant gratification that is such a big deal nowadays. You know, like people don't want to build a program. They want to make a hire and they want you to be winning right now, you know, and it's maybe a little different in high school, but you know, you see it in college and professional sports. They give coaches a year or two and they're like, you're out, you know, and it's like, Sometimes it takes a bit to build a program, especially in high school. Sometimes you just have a stretch where you two or three classes just aren't good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes you just don't have very good athletes for a couple of years. And it's kind of like you almost have to say, like, let's get through these couple of years because we got some freshmen coming up or we've, there's some eighth graders that are going to be really good. So let's get through these couple of years. And then when we get to them, you know, hopefully we can turn it around. But yeah, kids, I, it is different, you know, and I'm seeing my like nieces and nephews are older than my kids. They're in the high school age and I'm getting like a good window, you know, talking about being back home. I hung out with them quite a bit. I'm getting a good like look at what it's going to be <laughs> like when my kids get older. And it is like, Gary, and this is different. Like, it, it's just different, you know, on their phones and, you know, like social media and trying to limit TikTok and Instagram and all this stuff. And uh, this is sidetracked from the prep spotlight, but you know what, what you're talking about, Jared, it's just, it's different now. And it would be tough. You know, as you were saying all that, I was thinking about one of, you know, my classmates, a a friend of the pod, Kyle Clough, who's having a lot of success up at Rockford and, you know, like your, your dad, you know, Jared obviously had a lot of success as a head coach. You got to have some good mentors too. And I think Kyle would say your dad was one of his big mentors as a, as a coach. And I don't know, maybe, you got to have some people that can guide you in the right way. And I don't know, maybe some coaches don't, they try and do their own thing. You know, it's just like, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do it my way and that's it. And it doesn't work all the time. So it's, it's tough to see because it kind of sucks for the kids. You know, they just want to play ball. They just want to play basketball. You know, they, they know know they're not very good. They just want to play basketball. Well, I don't know if they do, you know, yeah, maybe not, you know, maybe take a look on like Instagram and like, there'll be kids that they maybe touch the floor like a minute or two. And they have like a whole recruiting profile set up as if they're the next Zion. That's not, you probably noticed that in your research. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's like, I don't know what's changed. Maybe it was like that when I was playing. It's the ball is life. It's the ESPN. It's the highlight reels. It's, it's everywhere you look now. And and I don't know if it's parents. I don't know if it's who, or it's just the kids that I I love having confidence in yourself, but I just feel like there's maybe a disconnect sometimes. I'm not sure if that's a lot. So like you said, you would think hopefully these kids just, you know, it's like, let's just go have some fun, but I don't know. I, I worry that that's maybe not the case. You know, we could do a whole podcast 
discussion on what we're talking about right now. First of all, I want to say both you guys laid it out perfectly. You know, hear me sitting on the outside, the elder statesman, if you will. You know, I've seen definitely some changes. Now, kids are kids. You know, if you have the right coach and you have the right parenting, you still can you still can be like when we played. You know, I remember there was a, a junior high game where I was sicker than a dog. And uh, I went to school for half a day and came home. I had a game that night and I wanted to play so bad that my mom said, well, your dad's going to check out how you're feeling when he gets home from work. Well, I knew what time he got home from work. I went outside. It was wintertime, of course, because it was basketball season. I knew he was coming home within a couple of minutes. And I went outside and put my forehead on the brick of the house outside so it would cool off. And he came home, you know, put his hand on my head. Oh, I guess you're all right. And I went to play that night, sicker than a dog. But that, that's the how Ted we Fattel were. flu game. That's it. That's how we were. There's no <laughs> right. way we would miss a game or a practice. And, you know, without getting into any specifics, I, I see it on the outside. I hear things, you know, kids are going to do something during holiday break and miss a basketball game. Are you kidding me? That right. would never happen with my group ever, especially yeah. me. It, it all leads back to the the rally outside of the outside of the why am I drawing a blank on the government building in Lansing the Lansing, let us the play state rally capital. State the capital. let us play rally and then like two weeks later when spring break happened we half the uh, state couldn't even foster a game because they didn't have enough right. kids it's yeah. like I mean what else do you need to point to other than that very yep. succinct scenario where when it's cool you know they're all for it and then right. you know as soon as the spring break rolls around there there's no games to be had. Well, the sad part is that that's, you know, with that attitude and with that going on, that's not really getting prepared for life because life doesn't always go your way either. You know, that's why that's why the the good and bad of sports really helps you in life. How's that for an editorial comment? huh? It does. And, and you know, does. we obviously we grew up we all grew up playing and watching sports. So we've seen, you know, the, the benefits of competing and playing in a team, being a good teammate, all that kind of stuff and see how it translate in, translates into the real world. And this, again, this, this could be a whole podcast, but you're seeing it with the transfer portal, mm-hmm. you know, in college football. I, personally, I think it's a good thing, but then you see how the bad of it, a kid goes to school, doesn't start right away. Boom. I'm going to transfer instead of sticking it out That's and trying to work for that starting job, goes to another school, maybe doesn't start. Okay. I'm going to transfer. And it's yeah. like that, that, that's not necessarily what it should be for. Um, yeah, that's a, we, we could talk about that for probably 20, 30 minutes, but that's kind of along the same lines. Well, we got to save a little time for uh, the meat and potatoes before we, wrap up, <laughs> before we wrap up the prep spotlight. Good news on Owasso. The girls basketball team having a great season, six and three. They just came off a 45-40 win over Okemos. And I got to say a shout out to the Corona girls bowling squad. You know, we don't talk bowling very often here, but I think it's cool that they added that sport in high school. Uh is off to a 5-0 start. Carly Pavka, she has a 200 average in bowling, and Emily Rodman, 188, right behind her. That, that's pretty impressive. And also impressive, New Lothrop. You know, we talked about their basketball and all their sports programs. The wrestlers, again, ranked number one in Division Four. They're off to a 7-0 start after a recent win over Ovid Elsie. So some good stuff to end the prep spotlight, fellas. Speaking speaking of New Lothrop, again, back to, to uh-huh. full circle, talking about if we wanted to move back home. You know, my wife asked, like, where, where would you want to live? You know, just that kind of thing. <laughs> Obviously, I, I threw out, like, Grand Rapids, you know, uh-huh. maybe, like, one of the suburbs, you know, somewhere around Detroit, something like that. I was like, but if we were going to live, like, in Shiawassee County-ish, mm-hmm. 
let's look at New Lothrop, man. They're, 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 she's like, oh, are the schools good? I'm like, I think the oh, schools yeah. are good, but, man, yeah. their athletic program is incredible. <laughs> oh, but John Fattel, the Corona superintendent hearing this, is going to go, what on earth? <laughs> hey, problem for, problem for when you move back. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say I, I would agree with those two. I think, yeah, New Lothrop, you probably win a title. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to turn that down. Real hard to turn it down. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into some football talk. We'll start. Uh, we'll, we'll get into some college sports here right after this. Nelson House Funeral Homes' number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Looking to buy items online, go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. All right, guys, uh, you know, uh, I got to say this. You guys were so depressed and inebriated, maybe, but no <laughs> instant reaction video after that Michigan loss. I had, I've already had a couple of people say, what happened? You guys front runners? Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully listen to the podcast, the one that we recorded at Memorial, they would know that we we took took some time off. Yeah, we didn't do the instant reaction video. I'll be honest. It it wasn't just because Michigan lost because Uh I definitely would have had some thoughts to give out. We were hanging out with some friends, you know, for for New Year's and it was kind of like I didn't want to take the time to step away and record it and post it. And, you know, these all sound like excuses. I understand that. But, you know, obviously we, we were having some drinks, too, but. No, we we got to give our we we got to give our thoughts because you know it, mm-hmm. it did happen. Michigan lost. I think honestly, for me, I don't know what you guys think, but leading up to the game, it seemed like everyone was saying Michigan's going to win. This is just a given. You know, yeah, maybe TCU might hang around because of their quarterback, but no, Michigan's going to win this. And I was just like, this is just like you know, Ted. You always bring up karma. I was like, this is like bad karma. No, like mm-hmm. this this is not a given. And you could see it from the start. Uh, you know, first play of the game, Donovan Edwards, boom, 54 yards. And I was, you know, probably a lot of people are like, here we oh, go. Yeah. Michigan's about to run away with this thing. And then what do they do? They get down to the goal line. I, man, uh, we could, we could go, we could do a whole hour on this. I don't understand bringing in a line dude who's been playing linebacker for so long as a running back Mullings. I know he's played running back and stuff, but like Donovan Edwards is your horse. He's your guy that got you there. Give him the ball on the goal line. I understand he's not Jerome Bettis. I don't care. Give him, give him the ball on the goal line. But then they, so that was a different possession, but then they, they run that on the fourth down, they run that stupid Wolverine special, the Philly special with a true freshman tight end, a play they haven't run all year. I'm sure they practiced it and they thought they had it perfected, but it's just like, what are you doing? Trying to get too cute. That that's, that's one of my biggest takeaways. I I know I'm going all over the place. That's one of my biggest takeaways. So many times in that game, they tried to get too cute. Do what got you there run the ball. When you get to the goal line, run the ball. JJ McCarthy can run, roll him out. Like it just seemed like multiple times they got too cute. 
yeah, the refs, you know, the whole Roman Wilson touchdown thing, that was unfortunate. But then you bring the linebacker in and run the ball and he fumbles it. So it's just like, what? Honestly, I think Michigan lost it. So many times at work, when I got back to work, people were like, oh, I'm sorry, man, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, Michigan did it to themselves. Yeah, Michigan did it to themselves. They they could have won that game and they shot themselves in the foot too many times. They came in so cocky. And I'll be yeah. honest, I did too. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, like very one of the very first plays of the game, you know, Johnston makes a catch. Oh, yeah, this is the number one wide receiver in the country. I didn't know who the hell the guy was. Uh, <laughs> and next thing I know, this guy is like the best athlete on the field. So I can raise my hand. I Every time people ask me, I never really said I was worried about TCU. I wasn't. Yeah. And if you watch that game, we really shouldn't have been. Uh, they they had to line up perfectly to lose that game. A right. lot of people are blaming it on the coaches. I don't. I think sometimes the players just got to make some plays. The one thing I do blame on Harbaugh is the Philly special play call. Idiotic. Yeah. Didn't work. You could clearly tell they're in zone coverage. Corners literally just as they send, you know, whoever was in motion. Nobody moved. Corners just sitting there waiting for, <laughs> waiting for McCarthy to come back out. I will put that on Harbaugh. Bad call. I'll even say Harbaugh did a decent job at some points. You know, obviously the second we saw the second half adjustments they always made uh, this entire year. Uh, and remember at the very end of the game when the clock was dwindling, even uh, his dad was like, "What the hell are you doing, letting this clock dwindle?" And they kind of seemed like the smart thing. They ended up getting the ball back with a minute left, which what, what yeah. more could you ask for? They just came in way too cocky. I felt like, yeah. Um, and and people are blaming it on you know putting handing it off to the fullback or the you know former linebacker. I mean, what is it with Edwards? I just feel like he can't punch it in. Like, I just feel like he's either he's either boom or bust. It's either he's falling backwards for maybe, you know, half a yard gain or tackle in the back. I mean, we had 13 TFLs. Yeah. Uh, it's like he just couldn't get anything going. He's such a boomer bust player. I mean, how many times did you say to yourself, man, I just wish we had Coram. Coram would solve this issue. Coram yeah. would solve that. And it's funny looking back. Remember when the whole like first eight or nine weeks of the year, we were just saying like how this red zone offense is like our problem. And then we kind of forgot about it for a yeah. few weeks. They kind of yeah. solved it. And when you know it, when the chips were down, that's what ended up being the biggest issue uh, in the biggest game. It's depressing because, you know, it's it's weird looking ahead to next year. Obviously, it's good news that Harbaugh is back, but mm, I don't think it, it'll ever lay itself out as perfectly as it did for this college football yeah. playoff. We saw Georgia is very beatable. Ohio yeah. State really should have beat them. Should have beat them, yeah. Yeah, you bring up good points. Both of you guys do. And, you know, and it's funny, you know, right out of the get-go, you know, we're talking about the plays that didn't work. I said to my wife when Edwards got caught on that first right. run, I said, if he'd have taken that into the end zone, this game is completely different because, yep. you know, that forced them to try and still get the points. They passed up the three. I said, I thought they should have kicked the, the field goal and they didn't. Yep. I mean, right. Was right for him getting I, caught from behind. I didn't, I didn't point. mind them going. I didn't mind them going for that fourth down. You know, it was just weird. Like after, you know, they called a timeout and, or there was a timeout and, they came back with that Philly special. It, and it's always one of those things. If that play call worked, then we'd be, it would be yeah. what a play call by Jim Harbaugh, blah, you know, all that kind of stuff. Same in the Super Bowl with the Eagles, the whole, the Philly special. If that mm -hmm. didn't work, it would have been like stupidest play call ever. It worked one of the best plays in Super Bowl history, but the, the big thing, and I saw some, some people talk about it and I didn't think about it at the time. What also made that play call stupid. They were on like the one yard line and they end up losing 10 yards. Yeah. So, like, when TCU got the ball back, you go from, you know, right. maybe if you run it and you just get stuffed, okay, well, TCU has it at the one-yard exactly. line. You can maybe Good get point. a safety. Now you you lose 10 yards. TCU's just in – they're in fine. They're they're perfectly fine at the 10-yard line. So, yeah. you know, that that's what also made it kind of strange. J.J. McCarthy, you know, a lot of people are taking shots at him. He threw two pick sixes. 
along with the like Michigan trying to get too cute, it was just an uncharacteristic game to me for Michigan. He hasn't thrown pick sixes all year. That's just not what he does. The first one, I think, was just an awesome play by the cornerback. He just he just jumped that route. He made a great interception and took it back. That was just a great play. The second pick six, 100%, was just a bad read, bad throw by J.J. But otherwise, he really played a good game. You know, He was hitting deep balls in the second half. He was using his legs. Like, really, that gave me, other than the pick sixes, that gave me a glimpse of, like, what he can be with a full off season practicing with the the first teamers, you know, cause you remember last off season, there was a whole competition. He was even hurt for a few months. So now that gave me a glimpse of like, okay, this is what he could be. If they let him run, you know, yeah. he can run, let him yeah. run. <laughs> the, the game plan was, it seemed, you know, I was kind of praising Harbaugh. I need to come back on over top on him a little bit. The game plan was a little bizarre <laughs> i don't know if it was because of the pick six or because of the early fourth down stop it seems like we just got out of our element like right almost totally. right away where yeah. mccarthy is having to throw the ball all over the yard you know and and i know the big stat everybody's throwing out was like after that initial edwards run i think michigan is only rushing for like three yards per carry mm-hmm. what was going on how why was that you know i think it's because we gave him a lot of build, bullet, bulletin board material i mean yep. mccarthy we're gonna cram it down their throat if they stay in three three five Mm-hmm. Just why, why? That was the first time in my life. You know how it's like Michigan State fans are always like, you guys are way too cocky heading into this game. And they That's were. The first time in my life, I actually felt like that was the case. Yeah. It, it just, I don't know why. I, I was very shocked that they came out that way. I thought yeah. Harbaugh would have their head, you know, more on straight. And it just didn't seem like they did. For McCarthy, two pick sixes we talk about with Goff. It's very easy to lose a game as a quarterback. He played great after the pick sixes. He, he yeah. showed a lot of grit. You know, it almost seemed like the pick sixes didn't even affect him as he's like leading this comeback charge. But if he doesn't throw those two balls, I think Michigan still finds a way to win. Uh, so it's just unfortunate. I, I agree with what you said. I like what I saw from him, you know, how he kind of battled the adversity. But still, it's just you can't throw two pick sixes. Not in the no. college playoff. Not even in a Big Ten regular season game almost. Right. And it was really a, that that fumble on the goal line. You could kind of say was maybe on him, you know, not mm-hmm. getting the ball. So really, those those three plays right there might have turned the whole game around. You know, and they didn't play well, but they did show a lot of gumption coming back in that game. Um, but you, let's not let's not forget. I'm not going to throw it out there. That's the excuse that they lost. But how in how on in earth how on earth do you not make that touchdown call in the end zone when it's called a touchdown on the field and know. then it's reviewed. And bad. that's just a fact of the matter. You know, like, like you said, Jared, Michigan state fans take shots at Michigan fans for coming up with all these excuses or whatever. That is not an excuse. That was an awful call. Even when people like Joel, like Joel Klatt and other people are saying like, what the hell was that? That that's the point. And everyone has said it over and over and over that you said, Ted, it was called a touchdown on the field. There was nothing there that warranted overturning it. It should have just been a stands. He caught the ball. And it's also one of those things like sometimes replay. Yes, it's good to get the call right. I agree with that. Sometimes replay, like Just, with the whole all the way back to the Megatron completing right. the process. Mm-hmm. He caught the ball in the end zone. Like, what are we doing? That was a touchdown. Like, what, what are you really yeah. trying to do? Like, Same with Megatron. The- Megatron caught the ball. He scored. It should have been a touchdown. And that's the one time it's ever like backfired on the right. offense. You know, it's like just call it a touchdown, man. In yeah. real time, it's a touchdown. In replay, it's a touchdown. Right. Uh, the pace of the game, the excitement, it's a touchdown. Yeah. Like it's just it's just so silly. One one positive note I will say 
And it's funny because it was a negative subject all year. These wide receivers came out and balled out, man. I mean, Ronnie Bell had one catch on like kind of a, he got tackled right near the goal line where he like reached out, kind of snatched it at the last second. I mean, that was an incredible catch. Mm-hmm. And it was a big time play when, when Michigan needed it. Roman Wilson, uh, I mean, he had a very fun game. Uh, yeah. I like watching him play. Uh, so I guess that was one positive note See, with this wide receiver core. You know, when we really, when the shifts were down, they showed up uh, and they showed that they can make plays at the biggest level. So I just thought that was worth one very small bright spot. Yeah. Game. And you speak of the receivers. I mean, I guess we figured out what happened to Andrell Anthony. You know, he wasn't happy. There might have been some attitude issues with Harbaugh and the staff, but he didn't play like we thought he was going to play this year. So what's he do? He enters the, the portal. Enters the portal, and if you look at his Twitter, he's got like sixty yeah. tweets of like received yeah. an offer from here, received an offer from here. So he's, he's gonna going go to play State, right? Yeah, he will go to Michigan State for sure. <laughs> Seems like it, yeah, I mean, and I'm worried hometown. about it. And he'd he'd probably love to stick it to Michigan, score yeah. some touchdowns against Michigan. But yeah. yeah, I mean, there are definitely some positives. You know, there's a lot coming back next year. We're probably going to yeah. talk about Harbaugh. There's a little bit of a question there with Harbaugh, but you know, there's a lot coming back on Michigan. So that you know, it's just. You don't want to get used to, like, you don't get to the playoff every year. I know Michigan has made it back-to-back years. It kind of sucks to, like, think we made two straight playoffs and didn't get a win in either. We beat Ohio State two years in a row. Yeah, we won a couple Big Ten championships, which is cool. But, like, it's almost like we got nothing out of it. You know, like, you can't take for granted going to the playoff. Yeah, I know it's going to expand to 12 12 teams, so that kind of helps. You can lose a game and still make the playoff. But – you know, it just kind of it kind of stinks like this. Like you kind of set it up, Jared, earlier. This was the year that it feels like Michigan really could have taken advantage because oh, last year Georgia was just on another level. It didn't matter. Yeah. But this was the year I just get by that. Like when Michigan got the ball with a minute left down six, I was like, they're going to somehow pull this out. They're going to somehow pull this out and just get by. I don't care. Just get to Georgia. And then we didn't we don't need to, But like that last drive, it was like, what? What the hell are you doing? It was like incomplete, incomplete. Like what? What is happening? And then the last play, they fumbled the ball. It was just like, I honestly thought when they got the ball back, I was feeling good. I was like, they got this. JJ is going to pull out some crazy couple plays, and they're going to do this. And is it? But I, I, you know, and it's it's kind of funny because if this was any other, if TCU did this against any other team, they'd be like my favorite college football team ever. I hate TCU. I I want them to get absolutely railroaded. That's Georgia. Uh, one positive it. thing, uh, and then I want to talk about the targeting, what your guys' thoughts yes. are on that. One positive thing, and, and as Ohio State, that game was coming down to the wire, if Ohio State would have beat Georgia and Michigan was the one that blew a potential Ohio State-Michigan championship game, it would have never been let down. I would have never forgotten it. it college football would have never been the same. Uh, because just imagine if we were getting ready for a Michigan-Ohio State game tomorrow night in the national championship. It was. It, it's the closest it'll ever be. It'll never happen if it didn't happen. Uh, this year so i guess that's one positive hold that thought on the targeting because i just want to jump in real quick the best thing about the michigan loss was ohio state losing yeah i mean that made it feel a little bit better to me just a little bit i mean ultimately like you know i i just wanted michigan to lose but yeah seeing ohio state lose it did make it like okay this is this is okay because (laughs) if it would almost would have been a wash if if ohio state beat georgia and then ended up winning the national title Mm-hmm. people would almost forget that Michigan smoked Ohio State and Columbus and won the Big Ten. They'd be like, yeah. oh, well, Ohio State won the national title. Who right. cares? But, you know, the targeting, I know we, we were going to talk about the targeting, that the last play of the game, I, I mentioned that that last drive. That's just another one. Who knows what would have happened if they called it targeting. But I think most people saw that was textbook targeting. I mean, yep. that, that last play on Loveland, I mean, he goes down and 
the defender leads with the crown of his helmet, drills him basically in the back of the head. I don't know how you review that and don't call it targeting. There were a few other ones in, in the in the Ohio State game and in yeah, one other game. There, yeah, there was yeah. another targeting. It was it was happening all over Harrison, the place. Yeah. And it's just like if you're going to – I just don't understand. Be consistent with it. If you're going to call targeting at other points in the game, how are you not seeing these ones that are obvious? That the one in the Michigan game, the last play of the game, was as obvious a targeting as there is. And you know, people were like, Oh, but the game was over. Michigan would have got another chance. Yes, they, they would have got a first down, they would have had another chance. So, like, it's well, I don't well here's the it. thing, Matt. You know, the referee didn't make the call, you know, upstairs made right. the call, right? To review it. How do you review that and not get it right? right. I don't here's the here's where I was at during that whole thing. When it happened, you know, I'm thinking if it, it, it just feels stupid. Like when you feel almost like dirty, if that call happens, Michigan <laughs> comes back on the field, they, they win the game on some miracle touchdown. They lost the game. And, yeah. and, and you know, honestly, you know, selfishly, I would have loved to have seen the targeting call, yep. but I, it would have made me kind of feel guilty if it would have been tainted because it just, it just, the game was over. It was a dumb play by that TCU player. It definitely was targeting, but I mean, you fumble the snap. You have to do this whole, like, you know, flip it around. It's like, you guys don't deserve to win this game. TCU won this game. Yeah. That was how I felt. I actually, like, walked out of the room, came back, <laughs> so, like, saw replays of this. Like, oh, they must be, like, reviewing something. And almost as soon as that happened, they announced that it wasn't targeting. And that yeah. was it. So, it, it just. Yeah. No, it, that, that is a good point. I mean, Michigan probably didn't deserve to get that targeting call and get another chance. Because we know if they would have called it targeting, and Michigan got the ball back, and like you said, they say they score some miracle touchdown and win the game. People would have been like, "Oh, the refs gave Michigan another chance, and right, you know they right. they gifted Michigan this win or whatever." So it it played out the way it was supposed to. It, it's a shame, like we've said it a number of times already, because they had a hell of a season. I mean, they were they were it was they were a legitimate national title contender, and it just kind of stinks because you never know. You never know how seasons are going to go. They might. They might lose three games next year, you know? Who knows? So. You know, as football fans, and I think this goes all throughout the country, as football fans as all three of us are, can you imagine a college football semifinal evening on New Year's Eve that was any better than that, throwing out the fact that Michigan lost? The two games and all that they had going on, Ohio State loses it at the stroke of midnight on the yeah. field goal attempt. I mean, I and, you know, their quarterback, C.J., had a great game and they had a pretty good game plan. And, you know, I actually was pulling for, I would have pulled for Ohio state. I'll put it that way. If Michigan would have won, Yeah, but it didn't oh, disappoint yeah. me at the end. Yeah. It, it was kind of crazy. Like, like I mentioned, I was, we were with some friends and I was, I happened to be the one controlling the remote and I'm sure you guys were experiencing the same thing, but oh, I, yeah. I wanted to see that Ohio state game, but then obviously it's going down to midnight. You want to watch the ball drop. So like I, right before the field goal, I flipped back and it's, 57 56 so we're like all right we got to watch this you know and ball drops you know we do our little toast and you know whatever else yeah by the time i flip back over to Ohio state it's the replay of the missed field goal so i was like yeah. oh, okay cool i didn't miss anything but right. was, that was crazy yeah i was at uh you know and this is i'm gonna come back to i'll bring it full circle but i was out on new year's eve and my god you know i was saying christmas was a depressing day new year's eve is literally holiday or regular day of the, on the calendar year the worst day of the year out of the bar couldn't move literally i kid you not i'm st literally a, like a, a group of like six or seven people back to get to the bar 
Yeah. So you get to the bathroom. There's, of course, there's like, you know, t- trash bags over all three of the urinals. So there's oh. one. It takes five <laughs> minutes to even go to the bathroom. Once you get there, it's like hard to even go because you got yeah. people waiting on you. Um, and you're just sitting there drinking and like people are constantly moving around. You're constantly like sh- making yourself skinny, making yourself skinny, letting people get around you. I tell you what, as soon as the ball dropped or whatever, uh, I left like within 20 minutes after that. It just yeah. was over at New Year's Eve. I hate it. I hate going out on it. But anyway, Ohio State, I'll, tell you, I'll give them props. They battled. I don't know, you guys. I, I thought they didn't deserve to be in. I thought they were the worst team. I thought they got embarrassed by Michigan. They heard so much negativity going into this game, and they came out and played. I mean, if Harrison Jr. doesn't get hurt, who knows? They probably they should have won that game even without him uh, in the second half. But it, it was it was good to see. I did, I was rooting for Ohio State. I love the way they battle. I'm always going to root for the Big Ten. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm so sick of the SEC dominance. Yeah, and this was the year that the Big Ten really should have made their presence known with two teams in the national championship, and they both blew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about Kirby Smart though? He he won the game. That shows you what coaching can do. When he called timeout on that fake punt, that that was huge. It was. It is. It's kind of along the lines of like what you mentioned earlier, Jared, with with Harbaugh, kind of letting the clock run down. You know, saving his timeouts, and the Michigan did end up getting the ball back. You know, coaching does come into play with that. We've talked about with Dan Campbell a lot this year with the with the Lions. Um, you know, Kirby, he he's up there. He's obviously one of the best. Still, still hard to put it. You can't put anyone above Saban, I think, at this point. But Kirby's right there, right there, and he, he's got that program going. So, I, I'm with you though, Jared. As far as the the title game, we're, we're recording on Sunday. The title game is tomorrow night. I hope Georgia smashes TCU. I just, I'm you know, it'd be way. cool. It'd be cool to see TCU win and be like, you know, like, well, at least the team that beat Michigan won the national title. No, I, I want to see. Georgia, T- I want to see TCU win just because. They were what uh, forecasted to be seventh in their conference before the season yeah. began. They oh. uh, their quarterback, who was Heisman runner up, he uh, takes over and takes them to the national championship. Cool. Hell, I'm I'm it's rooting cool for TCU all the way. If they didn't beat Michigan, I would have. Here's I guess one final thing in college football that is a positive. College football is fixed. College football is fixed. <laughs> we saw that with with the playoff. You know, TCU brought in 12 transfers. You know, especially bolstered their defensive line. Uh, Sonny Dykes had some quote basically saying how you can build a roster so many different ways. Now it used to only be, you know, you had to win the recruiting, which Mm -hmm. schools like Ohio state, Alabama, you know, Georgia, Michigan are going to dominate school like TCU can't, but now that you can go out and transfer portal NIL, any one of these teams can build a team. So it's just, it's awesome to see. Uh, I I just love it. I mean, like you said, it's no surprise that the first year we actually had two good games was when this NIL and transfer portals really cooking. So that's one good thing about it. Sucks that Michigan was the, sacrificial lamb for it but it is it's a different game and you have to wonder if that's contributing to part of why jim harbaugh keeps flirting with the nfl you know because he is he has said it before uh in in one of john u bacon's books he had a quote about you know it's hard to compete with the cheaters basically that's that's not verbatim but you know obviously referencing sec teams pre-nil that were clearly just paying players to come and, you know, it 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 would be hard. It'd be frustrating to try and be running a clean program. You know, yeah, you're going to do the NIL stuff now that that's legal and the transfer portal. It'd be frustrating to be trying to run a clean program and do things the right way and continue to lose. You know, Harbaugh's got this program going. I mean, they're, they're back. You know, you can say Michigan is back. They've won two straight Big Ten titles, beat Ohio State two times in a row. But 
to be trying to compete with Georgia's and Alabama and, you know, some of these other schools and then see the transfer portal where TCU can be picked to finish seventh in their conference and they just bolster their roster and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You have to wonder if that's part of what's making Harbaugh flirt with the NFL. I personally think, you know, like the news came out this morning, Ted, we were talking about it before we started recording. Apparently Harbaugh is going to interview with the Broncos or something. I personally think this is all just a play by his agent, him and his agent to get Michigan to finally ante up. You know, I, I, I said this when we, before we started recording, I think it was valid after like 2019, 2020 for Michigan to kind of be like, eh, let's kind of back off this contract a little bit because this program is kind of starting to slip, you know? So I, I think at that point it was valid. You don't want to see him have a Mel Tucker, James Franklin type of deal. Then he's beat Ohio state two team, two times in a row. He's won two straight Big Ten titles, two straight trips to the playoff. This program is back. You know, they're recruiting. They're getting transfers, you know, all that kind of stuff. Pay him. Like, Need what are you doing? Him. You're you're coming off of Rich Rod and Hoke, and you're seeing what's happening all over college football. You, If you get a coach like a Sonny Dykes at TCU, you think Georgia's going to let Kirby Smart go? No, they're going to hang on to Kirby Smart as long as they can. Look what Alabama does with Saban. They pay Saban anything he wants. He's the highest paid uh public uh employee in Alabama yeah in Alabama he makes more money than anyone else in Alabama because they know like look look at his value that's what Harbaugh is for Michigan and honestly if they let him go I think it's Michigan's fault I almost like to a side of me want I want him to go to stick to Michigan and be like look at what you're doing just give him his contract no he he should reset the market he should be the number one highest paid coach this offseason and then you know give it a couple years when smart or saving gets their extension then he's not, but right. I don't, you know, people saying top five, no, just pay him, make him the most. Michigan has the money to do it. Yeah. If, if, you know, state is doing this with Mel Tucker who proved nothing there, then you should be able to do this with Jim Harbaugh who has shown two college football playoffs, beat Ohio state twice. Literally the only coach I can imagine coaching the Wolverines. If it was a new coach next year, I might not even watch yeah. make him the highest paid guy. Uh, I'll say this. I mean, are you guys, do you guys think Harbaugh is hundred percent staying? Sounds like Matt, you think he is. I, uh, I don't, I'm glad we didn't record hundred percent. Really, I his him coming out with that statement and people are like, oh, he, you know, quote unquote, he expects. I think Harbaugh is just a weird, you know, kind of yeah. interesting guy who I don't blame him. Why would he put, put himself in a corner with this right. NCAA BS coming down on him for buying a recruit a $10 burger? <laughs> right. And who knows what else is going on in the NCAA, man. Right. And they were like, oh, well, Harbaugh's uh, reaction wasn't wasn't pleasant or whatever the, the wording was. Can you? I just imagine that conversation going down. The NCAA commissioner, hey, just want to check in on this. See, you bought a recruit a burger at uh, this one place. Dude, why are you even looking into this? Right. This is so stupid. And then it's like stuff from COVID three years ago. It's like you're just now Watching getting a video. Of it. What is right. going on? Yeah. So, and, and that's, talk, so that's kind of my point. Maybe that's, that's cool. what's all contributing to Harbaugh being like, had enough. Dropping, not to drop an F-bomb, but be like, F this, man. I'm, I'm yeah. done with this. You know, yeah. no, I, I don't blame him. He, If he went to the NFL, I would say good riddance. Mm-hmm. You did your job, and you know you were here for a long time. I never expected you to ever to come here in the first place. Right. Um, and, and college football has changed. It, it seems like the worst thing in the world to coach it. Uh, so I wouldn't blame any coach for leaving, to be honest. Yeah, well, we're all three Harbaugh guys, for sure, for Michigan. But we wouldn't blame him either. I, I'd say it's probably... I'm going to say 70-30 that he stays. You know, that's my guess at this point. And I think they will come up and pay him. Um, Maybe not more than Saban, but in Saban range, we'll see. Uh, And they need to if he's going to stick around and put up with the bullshit that that he has to deal with there for sure. Uh, One thing, though, 
and he's done everything that we've asked from him, you know, Big Ten championships, uh, college football playoffs. The one thing he has got to get off his back now, as and he got by Ohio State too, he's right. got to do a little bit better at the end of the year. What right. is he, one in six in the last bowl seasons? Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's kind of along the lines that I don't disagree with you at all. So I'm not trying to say eh, it doesn't matter. I think the bowl thing has changed a little bit. One in six is not good, <laughs> but, you know, so many guys opt out of bowls now. Yeah. And, you know, like if you're playing in the redbox.com bowl, you know, sometimes you don't really care about it. But the thing is, Michigan tends to play in bigger bowls. So it is kind of like, yeah. all right, if you want to get to that next level, Kirby Smart, Dabo Sweeney, mm-hmm. Nick Saban, you got to win some of these games. So I, but I really hope that's not the card that Michigan is playing, Exactly. you know, and, Oh, you, you've, you've won big tens. You've turned this around. You've beat Ohio state, but you can't win those bowl games. So we're not going to pay you a contract. That'd be like, again, yeah. Harbaugh should be like, F you I'm out of here, man. Right. If you, Go back to Brady Hoke if you want. I know you love Brady Hoke, Jared, but go back to Hoke if See, you want. No, to like I said, if Harbaugh's gone, I, I, this it'll never be the same watching Michigan football. I, yeah. There's nobody for this job. I mean, look at the candidates, Matt Campbell for Matt. like literally. I, I don't know, man. It'd be depressing to watch Michigan take the field next year and it's somebody like that leading them out. Bill O'Brien, right. <laughs> my God, I will say about the mouth of the bull record. The only thing that matters to me is 0-2 in college football playoff. Yeah, and even that, right. the only thing that really matters, I don't expect, I didn't expect them to beat Georgia last year. Nobody was going to beat Georgia last year, is 0-1 in 2022 college football mm-hmm. playoff. That's the only game that I hold against them. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, before we get into some Lions talk, uh, briefly, let's get into Michigan State, Michigan basketball. Matt, I think you tweeted it. Is this the start of the basketball yeah. season officially for us yesterday? Uh, watching that game, it was a nasty game, but uh, – it, it kind of is to me. It's kind of the yeah. beginning now of basketball season. It's still football season, of course, but yeah, it does kind of get me a little excited for hoops. Yeah, I mean, now now it does finally. Maybe it helps that Michigan's not playing tomorrow in the national football national right, championship right. game, but it does. You know, now that we're into the new year, March is only a couple months away. It does feel like all right, yeah, it's 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 college basketball season. Mm-hmm. Jared, you tweeted it out basically how about how ugly that game was i mean yeah as michigan michigan state fans you know we we love watching that battle at breslin but and that's some ugly basketball it was and i i do still think michigan you know Mich- michigan state's never not going to make the tournament the the ncaa is going to do everything to get Izzo in the tournament every single year i do still think michigan's going to find a way to make the tournament they'll eke out some wins in the big Ten. maybe they'll even meet beat michigan state in michigan um you know mid-february when they are in ann arbor when they play uh, in a few weeks or whatever, I think they'll figure out a way to make the tournament. But Jared, you said something about like these programs falling off. I'm I'm not off the Juwan Howard bandwagon. I still think he's a good college basketball coach. I just think it's the whole, everything we've been saying, whether it's high school basketball, college football, whatever, it's just a different game. I mean, we're lucky to have Hunter Dickinson who's been there for three years. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have Hunter Dickinson, I don't know if I'd really even want to watch this team because he's about the only interesting thing about this team that keeps them kind of in games. Jet Howard, yeah, he's, he's going to be in the NBA. He's going to be a good player. But, like, to me, sometimes it seems like he's just kind of going through the motions. You know, he's just out there playing ball. Um, they've got some other decent freshmen that, you know, can play. But it's just kind of like, what is this team? You know, I tweeted something about, like, Michigan going from Darius Morris to Trey Burke to Derek Walton to uh, Xavier Simpson. 
we don't have that if if not for um hunter dickinson we don't have that like just veteran i know terrence williams has been there a little bit but like that's my problem with michigan and it back to like how things are just different you get transfers in you're you know it's the one and dones and this program is just like what are you excited about with michigan basketball it really is you hope hunter dickinson just goes off and it, you know it, it's just yeah. depressing uh it's funny like they say the nba is like the, the most talent's ever had i think college basketball has the least amount of talent it's ever had I, I, it wasn't long ago where you know julius randall senior you know whatever first year at kentucky the one year he was there against michigan state champions classic very first night of the college basketball season where i was standing up a foot away from the tv living and dying on every basket that happened <laughs> in that game now it's like you're saying how it's like basketball season. I'm depressed just thinking about it. It's 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 horrible basketball. Michigan, Michigan State. What did I just watch yesterday? <laughs> Both teams terrible. Twelve to twelve. <laughs> Felt like at the end of the first half. Oh my god, <laughs> these programs, man, they've really fallen from grace. College basketball as a whole has fallen from grace. Now we're hearing that it might be a 90 team tournament. Uh, the oh. tournament's still great. We all know that, but it's really really hard for me to get 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 up and get going for these regular season matchups, man. And, and it's dep- it's just depressing to watch Michigan. This is a team that, you know, think about like w- w- those years where we had Trey Burke, Robinson, uh, you know, Hardaway Jr. We had like five starting, you know, players that were all pro players, other than Jordan Morgan maybe. And they were like a five seed in the tournament that year. I think if that team was transported to college basketball nowadays, they are probably 20-0 roaring into the NCAA tournament. I mean, watching that game yesterday, you said Jet Howard, true freshman. Yeah, he's probably a pro. Is there any other pro on the floor? There I mean, was Dickinson will probably get drafted just because yeah, he's tall. <laughs> he's he can't jump over a a, a, a a phone book, man. He can't jump. It's it's depressing. I just I don't to that point. I don't understand what I don't understand sometimes why he doesn't dunk more. And yeah. I, I've probably said it on this podcast before. I'm not one that can dunk, so you know that's coming. But like. He just tries to lay it up so many times. It's just like, what do you do, man? Dunk the ball. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it was just, I don't know. It's college basketball's in, in crisis right now, uh, if I'm being honest. And so, I, it, yes, we'll, we'll be up for the tournament, but watching that game is like watching paint dry. Going from watching TCU versus Michigan in the college football playoff to watching that, oh. two wildly different sports. Yeah, <laughs> you wild. got that right. Uh, and Jet Howard, I'm sure he's going to be a good ball player, but I, I watch him right now. I don't – when I watch him, I don't go, man, I, I'm stamping him an NBA player all the way. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe he is. Yeah. He, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, to he me, was, he's going to get drafted just yeah. based on, I mean, who, who else in college, name? college basketball is going to get, you know, has that like potential or whatever. Uh, yeah. He just seems like to me, he's just playing one-on-one ball, you know, uh-huh. like that's how he's gotten through his whole life, you know, mm-hmm. just playing one-on-one ball. That's what he's done his whole life. AAU probably high school, you know, whatever. Gets to Michigan, that's what he's doing, you know. So I got one last thing on this. The it seems like transfer portal is fixed. College football, it has ruined college yeah. basketball. I mean, even think about a couple of years ago, like that Gonzaga yeah. team with Suggs, Timmy, and then Michigan had a loaded team. State was good that year. Like it, it feels like we're so far away from even that level of college yeah. basketball with all these. I mean, Michigan lost. Who was the? They lost the uh, the good point guard uh, to Arizona State this year. Uh, Drawing a blank on his name, but it, it's like. You just can't build a program, and that's so important in college basketball. That's what that's what made it great yeah. for all those years. Well, mainly because you know it's five Collins. players, five players Frankie on the Collins, team starting. Yeah. So wow, yeah, yeah, and it's different too because you know when Juwan came in, there were some guys that had been there a couple of years. So that's maybe why he had some success in those first couple of years as a coach. Now he's just getting these transfers in and out, and 
relying on true freshmen, which, yeah. like you said, unless you have a Julius Randall, these dudes are Anthony mm-hmm. Davis, who are just like legit studs. You're going to struggle, and that's you know you can't find your rhythm until January, February, and then you're maybe already out of it. So, like I said, I, I think Michigan's going to find a way to make the tournament, but. Well, you know, are we going to be excited? You know, it, the thing is, like you, like you've said, Jared, if if they can make the tournament, and you know, say everyone's healthy, you do have someone in Hunter Dickinson who, in the tournament, you know, one weekend right. you can you can hope he has two good games mm-hmm. and you make it to the second weekend, and you've got some guys and you know, yeah, Jet Howard and you know, a couple others who can score. So, like, if they can get to the tournament, they do have the talent to maybe win a game or two. Like, that's just what. What you I, hope. Wasn't it just sad watching that? I mean, think of the Michigan, Michigan State, what that game has always meant on the calendar. Yeah. I remember, you know, basically going to like track, like winter track meets, which who knows why I went to those. I was so <laughs> slow. But I remember like we would be driving home. We got to pull off in, you know, this random spot, go to this Hooters to watch this game. Right. <laughs> that game, if that was happening yesterday, man, I'm driving right home, man. Maybe well, that's what I mean. Like, if, if not for Hunter Dickinson, maybe Michigan state fans would have some, something else to say with, you know, with their team, if not for Hunter Dickinson, what makes that game interesting? Yeah. Juwan versus Izzo, you know, I, I guess, I don't know. No, yeah. <laughs> the best thing about that game was Gus Johnson and Jimmy Jackson. That's, that was the best thing. And to, I, I, I wanted to ask you guys that you reminded me right when they, in, in the open of the game, they pointed out the two Michigan state fans with the TCU shirts. Yeah. On before we sign off is that lame is that like what are you doing is that Very is that lame. little brother energy like what what do you guys think about the michigan state fans wearing tcu shirts i laughed <laughs> i mean it is funny it's very lame i would say but it is funny so yeah. whatever yeah yeah fair it, enough yeah all right well let's uh let's we we get long-winded we haven't been together in a while yeah we still have another little segment we got uh, NFL football to talk about, including our Detroit Lions, and we'll wrap it up with that right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys, we're recording on uh, Sunday morning. Lions 8-8 eight and eight at Lambeau Field to take on the 8-8 eight eight Packers. There's a, there's a lot of jawing going on about Aaron Rodgers, and Lions are going to come to win, and we don't know if they're going to be playing for a playoff spot or not. It all depends on that Seahawks game, uh, the 4 o'clock game. But uh, you know, even if the Seahawks lose, Are, what, what do you think is going to happen? Let me ask you guys this before we get into that. What did okay. you guys think of them making this a Sunday night game, knowing that? It could mean nothing for us. I mean, not necessarily nothing, but in terms of playoff hopes, it could mean nothing for Lions fans. Probably will mean nothing for Lions fans come 8 o'clock tonight. Were you guys still okay with this decision? Yeah, because it still means the Lions or the Packers have to win to get in. So even yeah. if even if it's nothing for the Lions, the Lions could knock the Packers out of the playoffs, which would be pretty cool. And it's Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field. I mean, that's just Sunday a cool that's a cool game. You know, I'm 100% no on board. Yeah, I mean, it's – um. It, it, we've talked about with the Lions, like you just want to have the Lions playing meaningful games by Thanksgiving. That's like all we want. We're getting in the new year, January, the we Lions are essentially eat. playing a playoff game. This is essentially yeah. a playoff game. I mean, anyone who's not juiced up for this game, you know, you're not 
you're not really an NFL or a Lions fan because this is awesome. It's it's Lions Packers at Lambeau Field. It's gonna be cold as hell. It's gonna be cold as hell. That doesn't really make sense, but <laughs> no, it's gonna, it will, it will it's gonna be really down. cold, maybe snowing. Aaron Rodgers, like you said, talking trash. Lions don't like him. He doesn't respect the Lions. Lions can knock him out. I mean, it's gonna be it, it's awesome. Sunday night football, you know, Tariko and Collinsworth, like it, oh, yeah. it's that's awesome. No, it, it is going to be. I, I love, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Sunday Night. You know he's going to come out slinging, man. And that makes me very nervous. I'll be honest. If Seattle wins uh, and then, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes out first drive, putting, you know, throwing it all over the yard, I think it could be get ugly. I hope it doesn't. You know, fingers crossed it. It's a good game. I really do think we could see an ugly game. I mean, Packers are playing. It's so crazy. It's even crazier that the Packers are in this scenario than the Lions. I mean, they were worse off than the Lions were, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, three, four, five weeks ago. And Aaron Rodgers just stayed the course, kept leading them to victory. They're playing so well. He was talking on Pat McAfee's show how, you know, it's like all that matters is how you're playing right now in the year. Yeah. I mean, look at like somebody like the Eagles. They're like stumbling into the playoffs. Obviously, that has to do with Hurts being hurt. But it's like they're stumbling in. The Lions seem to be playing pretty well. And the Packers are playing maybe better than anybody. So it's just going to be really fun. Old school Packers versus Lions Sunday night game. It's going to be zero degrees there. It's going to be so damn cold, but it'll be fun to watch. I mean, you know, you know, we know what's on the line. We know that the mindset could change a little bit for the Lions if Seattle does win. But you know, when you look, when you sit back and you look at this, this is the final game of the regular season. The Detroit Lions are in it. Like Matt said, this is the first round of the playoffs for the Lions, any way you slice it. But yeah, there's a. How do we look at this right now? Right now, what is our confidence level? Because there's a there's probably a smaller piece of me right now going, oh, it's going to be a turd. They're going to lay a turd and they're going to get drilled by the Packers. But but the other part of me, I want to keep the good karma going. I, I believe in this team. I think they're going to come out and ball out. I just I just have a feeling because you know they're on the road. Nobody thinks they're going to beat the Packers at Lambeau. No matter what, I, I just got a feeling they're going to play a Jared really Goff. good game. It's going to come down to Jared Goff yep, and that right. run defense. We saw what the Panthers did to the Lions in Carolina, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, running for like 350 yards. And the Packers have one of the best rush offenses in the NFL. So if the Lions yep. can stop the run and you know, hope that Aaron Rodgers doesn't sling it all over. Like you said, Jared, you know, I think they got a chance. I think they can get up for one game. I think this is what you bring Dan Campbell here for mm-hmm. one game that he can go in there and motivate the hell out of those guys and be like, you're playing in a playoff game. You're the Detroit lions playing in a playoff game at Lambeau field right now. Like what else do you want to ask for? I mean, this is, this is what you want. This is I'm why looking, you play in the NFL. There's two guys I'm looking to make some big time plays tonight. Amon Ra. Let's see what he's like in prime time, man. I love him. He's my favorite player on this Great team. Player. So much fun. I love everything about how he plays, man. Uh, and then Hutchinson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta be a Hutchinson game. He's gotta get pressure on Rodgers. We all know what happens if you don't get, I mean, most NFL quarterbacks, but especially Rodgers, yeah. if you don't get pressure on him, he will pick us apart. So I'm looking at Hutchinson and I'm looking at Amon Ra. They gotta have big games, and especially Jared Goff has yeah. to have big game as well. Yeah, I don't think I talked about it. I think I tweeted it a while back in the last game against the Bears. Notice how Hutchinson has slowed down a little bit, whether that's coaching, whether that's himself, but he's not running like a wild chicken, and he's he's containing on the end nowadays. I mean, he's made that step, and I think he's going to yeah. be nothing but better. Yeah, and he, he needs to be today because yep. I, I think that's big. If you can pressure Rodgers and sack him a few times, get him frustrated – get him yelling at his wide receivers and his, his offensive yeah. line, you can kind of get him it, to fall apart a little bit. 
if they if they let Rodgers just chill back there, he's going to pick them apart. And we, oh, yeah. we know how that. And, and you know, here's what's it, this is just such a fun game for so many reasons. Like you said, even if it, there's no playoff hopes on the line for the Lions, Rodgers is just must watch. He's been my favorite team to watch the Packers this entire year outside of the Lions. I mean, he's he's he lit, wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, if a wide receiver screws something up, surely they're going to go to the Exmo, you know, slow motion replay of his face right after it. Uh, so I just can't wait to watch every second of this game. Let's just hope it's a good one. Even if the Lions end up losing, let's right. just hope it's a memorable game. Kind of yeah. what, what we always hope for with like a Michigan-Michigan State, you know, or an Ohio State-Michigan game. Just give us something to remember. Yeah. yeah. And to ask and, for a better ending. Yeah. And are, are you guys on the side of – I've seen some people saying that they hope that the Rams lose – you know, so the Seahawks win to help the Lions draft pick. And I'm just like, I don't understand as a Lions fan, how You're you can not. say that. Like, right. No, you want to make the playoffs. You're <laughs> how often do the Lions make the playoffs? And like to the, to the point you said, Jared, if they can somehow make the playoffs play in the way that they are, who wants to play them? Who wants to play them? I mean, they, they might match up with the Vikings who they've already beaten, oh, you know? Dude. So it's, it's kind of like the Jaguars, the Jaguars won last night. Yeah. They're a team that's playing really well going into the playoffs. I mean, they're a team that you probably don't want to play right now. So no, I want the Lions to make the playoffs. I want them to go oh, yeah. beat the Packers, make the playoffs. I'll take my chances. You know, if I was, if, if I was, you know, rooting for the best story, I mean, how magical would it be if Matt, Matt Stafford, you know, took off the sling <laughs> and just said, you know what, this is for Detroit. I'm going to go out here and, and give it my all. I mean, what a story that would be. Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I will see what happens, man. I mean, it, it sucks because it's, of course, there's a distraction for the Rams. It sounds like he's like leaving. Yeah. Uh, that comes out a day before this game. So Terrible. we'll see where they're at. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. We have two, like basically two Lions games today. First the Rams mm-hmm. game and then and then the Lions game tonight. Yeah. So it'll be a good NFL Sunday. Just wish the Rams was at, they were at home, but uh, that's the way yeah. it is. Before we wrap up, guys, and, and go Lions, hashtag since 57, uh, Monday night football this week. We got to briefly touch about that. What a, what a scary thing. You know, it's, it's one of those things that you'll always remember, yeah. you know, where you were watching that with uh, Demar Hamlin going down. What a scary thing, but uh, everybody's been talking about it. I mean, the, the emergency staff, man, so incredible. What a, what yeah, a I feel like the, I feel like the first responders, the emergency staff maybe hasn't been getting as much love as well, they, they should. should. I mean, and they're, you know, not, not saying, I think a lot of people get into that field, you know, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't need the pat on the back. They, they get in there mm-hmm. knowing they're, they're going to save some lives. They don't need to be in the press. They don't need to be doing interviews on TV and podcasts and radio shows and stuff. So I do understand that side of it, but sometimes I, I've just felt like all the talk that's been going on, man, how incredible is it to see how quickly they responded? They literally saved his life on the field. I Absolutely. mean, they, they literally saved his life on the field and, you know, and, and then obviously then when they got to him to the hospital, everything else that happened after that, you know, kept him alive. And it, to the point where he's at now where he's, you know, he, he's off the breathing tube and he's, you know, he's talking, talking to people and he's, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's just incredible. And it is, it, you know, it's one of those things that's scary. We all played football, you know, up, you know, through high school, you, you know, the risks I've, I've, you guys have probably too heard so many of the analysts talk about NFL players, you know, you know, the risks, but you never think it's going to maybe be, something like that you know like paralysis is you know we've seen that happen on the field and some other really nasty injuries but you don't necessarily think that is going to happen so it is kind of like an eye-opening holy crap this game is really dangerous so 
it was such a weird, yeah, yeah just like you know, routine hits. Everybody says, uh, just like I said, glad he's okay. It was, it was, you know, we were all watching it. Everybody was watching. It was such a highly anticipated game. Mm-hmm. What a bizarre. Some we'll probably maybe never see again. The way that whole, all everything went down with the postponement cancellation. Right. I mean, what a what a predicament that was for the NFL to figure out. I think they kind of got it the best it could be with going forward with the playoff seating and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, just glad he's okay. I mean. It would just what a weird kind of just crazy story we'll never see again. You never forget where you're where you were when that happened, and it's just scary. I mean, you it's, you never see the NFL. I mean, there's so many injuries that we just kind of brush it off. It's like almost like you know just move on with the game. But that was like one where it's like the whole teams gather around him, surrounding him. Players are crying. You know, yeah. you can just tell from Joe Burrow and Josh Allen's face like this is something really bad. Uh, and what I've heard basically, you know, talking about the the first responders, basically, if this happened at like his house, he's he's probably not here today. Right. Basically, right. just you know, have the fact that it happened at an NFL game where that you know they're right there, got to him right away. Uh, it's just you know, glad he's okay and feels weird moving on with football, but you just kind of kind of just where we're at now. That's a, a, a buddy and our a few of us were talking at work yesterday when when the NFL games were on, and we're like, I wonder, I mean, that it, it'd be hard for that not to be in the back of their minds, <clears throat> you know, like when they're out playing a defender going to hit somebody, you know, or it, yeah. If you if you get hit and you feel a little weird or something like that, not to have that in the back of your mind. I mean, you know, you always hear people say you, you can't play football scared or, no. you know, worried or, you know, kind of like 50 percent because that's when you're going to get hurt or do something dangerous. So but it'd be hard. It, you know, I wonder how long it'll take even like the Bills, the Bengals who witnessed that happen. Mm-hmm to kind of like shake it off and get that out of the back of their mind. But. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was, I was reading different things. There was different viewpoints about uh, how ESPN handled the situation and how the talent there uh, handled it. I thought, I thought they did as good as anybody could ever do. You know, I thought Joe Buck and Aikman were good. I thought, uh, who was the on-field reporter? Uh, was it Salters? Or- Salters. Yeah, Salters. Yeah. Lisa Salters thought she was excellent. And then uh, Susie in the, in the studio with with uh, Booger and and the other dude. I mean, what are they going to do? But I thought they handled it exactly how they should have. They weren't really doing a lot of speculating. I mean, I I did some speculating. I was watching the game with my dad. Actually, he was <laughs> – my dad loves news TV, okay? He's hooked okay. to, like, CNN and some other things. He quit watching the game. He said, I'm going to go in bed and watch TV. I was at his house, and I'm out watching the game. And when that all happened, I jumped up and I had to go into his room and put the TV on ESPN. I said, "Dad, I think I think one of the players might have just died on the field here." You know, and yeah, then we watched it. Uh, we watched it for the next forty-five minutes. It was just stunning. Have you guys ever seen anything like this at all? Do you have anything to relate to a similar situation that you I, have seen? I remember the '97 Lions Jets game that I know you obviously do too, Ted. Where yeah. um, you know the player got hurt and actually lost consciousness they had to do cpr and bring him back to life was um, that reggie brown is that his yeah name? yep reggie brown i was young obviously but i remember watching it we were at a family christmas party and i you know obviously that was barry sanders there were playoffs on the line all that kind right. of stuff it was christmas um but other than that no i mean like you said jared we've seen a million injuries in basketball yeah. and football and whatever sport maybe hockey i know we're not like huge hockey fans but I remember, you know, seeing clips of guys that get cut with a skate, you know, stuff like that. Pretty scary. Uh, There's one dude it, that took a puck right off the chest, and he, they he had they had to do CPR on him on the ice. Yeah, too. that was in a Red Wings game. Yeah, um, it's but yeah, it's it, I, and going back to what you said about ESPN, uh, the ESPN, how they handle it. I mean, 
one, I'll just say this. They had the best people in place for it. I mean, Scott yeah. Van Pelt at, at call, you know, Joe, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Matt, you could probably speak to this better than I can, but, uh, and then obviously, you know, the in-studio people as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, they did a great job, but that's exactly who I'd want in that situation. If I was, you know, ESPN or, or a, 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 you know, a Fox or whoever would be that group of guys right there. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll just say this about Monday Night Football. I mean, what a big addition it was to get Buck and Aikman. But I watch every Monday Night Football and I, I didn't, almost subconsciously didn't even notice it. I turn it on pretty much because of them. Yeah. It's, it's such a great broadcast. I love those two guys. Uh, it's just ESPN figured it out. And it's it's it sucks that you know this they had this game they've been kind of highly anticipating all year and something terrible like that happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. top notch. I, I I mean Joe Buck catches a lot of flack, but I've, I've said it before. He's one of my favorites. I, I love listening to him call baseball or football. But I think it's just one of those. I would have I, you know because I work in TV, Jared. Maybe you thought this too. I would have been curious to be in the control room mm-hmm. while that all played out and just hear like the conversations of like, what do we do? Like, no, yeah, go, go back to the studio. Let them talk, you know, go back to Joe and Troy, let them talk for a little bit. All right, let's go to commercial. You're just waiting for any news. And I think what you said, Ted, them not speculating because if they would have started to say, I think, I mean, you don't want to say it. I I think he's dead out there. You know, like if they would have said as a fan, right. If they would have started to speculate on the air, they would have gotten ripped apart for all that kind of stuff. So, right. They just gave their thoughts and feelings and, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I think they, they handled it well, but there's only one negative and I don't know where it came from. I, I don't blame anybody at ESPN, but whoever came up with in Buck's ear that the team's just well, told they got five minutes. Well, but to warm I, don't, up. I don't, I don't know. Who knows who, if the NFL, it wouldn't surprise me if the NFL just backtracked that. I, That's I don't what think I think, Jared. That's what I think. I don't, somebody told him probably, yeah. some, you know, I don't know who somebody, probably a power in the NFL told somebody that then nobody's come up. clean. I don't think you can blame that on ESPN. Oh, I totally agree with that. Yeah. It had to be somebody from the NFL office, right? Yeah, because yeah, if you files. if you remember when when he said that Joe Burrow was warming up, like they yeah. they cut they cut to Joe Burrow with his helmet on throwing. So you do like someone, but then no one else was doing anything else, and that's and what, then the two coaches got together. And yeah, they said, right. "Hey, we're not playing this game." It was wild. <laughs> it was wild watching that play out. I stayed up for a while watching. Oh yeah, you know? and then obviously you want to know like what happened, but yeah. Definitely well, a crazy scenario. The one thing being an elder statesman, as I said earlier, I mean, it, it sent me right back to 1971 as a 15 year old Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears, and a player, Chuck Hughes, Lion wide receiver, actually died on the field late in the game, about a minute and a half to go in the game. He had a heart attack. He had a, he had a heart issue with an aneurysm. And, Jeez. you know, he just he passed out and he died right there on the field. And then, you know, again, a little bit more recent but still before your guys's time 1990 when hank gathers went down right you know for loyola marymount but always a scary situation when when it's something to do with the cardiac for sure and thank god everything turned out okay for devar hamlin there so all right i think we've covered about everything haven't we I don't know what else we could get into at this point. <laughs> and I could talk about Michigan TCU, man, until, until the cows come home. So Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I know. Go TCU, though. I know uh, you're saying Georgia, but I, I want the Horned Frogs to win one here. Hope, hope, Baker, hope Baker Mayfield can pull out a win and the Lions can get yep. that win at Lambeau. That's going to be a good game, though. Oh, can't wait. So I'm going to take a nap this afternoon, maybe during the uh, first game, and then I'll tune in for that 4 o'clock Seattle game. Yeah. 
All right, guys, good to get together with you both again. This has been the Three Point Podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare, home of the Now Community Wellness Center, and also Sky Mint Cannabis. Don't forget it, Memorial, join the 21-day health challenge. Just a dollar to uh, have an initiation fee and $2 a day after that. Less than 50 bucks to be a participant in the 21-day health challenge. All kinds of activities involved there. And uh, check out any details with the new wellness center at memorialhealthcare.org slash wellness-center. Also, our team includes SkyMint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry, over 15 locations throughout the state of Michigan. Check out the new SkyMint Reserve. If you're over 21, go online at skymint.com. Sign up for their great rewards program. And uh, if you're in the Kronowasso area, check out the Krona store. Uh, coupon code 3.20 for 20% off SkyMint products for any new customers. Just tell them you listen to Three Point Podcast. That might work as well. Let all our great partners know you listen in and enjoy the program. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Make sure you give us a follow on social media at Three Point Pod and uh, always looking for subscribers to our YouTube channel. On the radio coming up this week, our game of the week on Z92.5, Friday, January 13th, St. John's at Hazlitt. That'll about do it. Go Lions. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to 3pointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.